Welcome to Sermons and Sounds of Plymouth, the podcast of Plymouth United Church of Christ. I am Pastor David, and on behalf of the members of this congregation, thank you very much for joining us. May God bless you through these words, and may you know God's love through them. Now, the podcast. My name? Let's just keep that between him and me. He knows my name. He knew it without me even saying it, actually. In fact, he knew a lot about me, everything about me. I met him at Jacob's well. That's the well that Jacob, son of Isaac and brother of Esau, dug many, many centuries before. It is here in my hometown of Samaria. I was bringing my water jug to fill it. It was about noon, and there he was, sitting by the well. I remember how hot and dirty he looked in the noon sun and the heat pounding down on both of us. Why would I go to the well at such a miserable time of the day, you ask? The other women, of course, go in the morning or in the evening when it's cooler, but they, I don't like being near them. I'd rather face a beating from the sun and the heat than the beating of their insults and their rolling eyes. They think they know me, they judge me on a few things, but they don't know me at all. It's just safer, easier on my soul to go when I can be alone with the only person I can trust. But that day, there he was, sitting by the well. He had clearly walked far. He had nothing to put in the well to draw water. In fact, he had nothing at all. Never saw that before in a traveler. As I came closer, I could see he was a Jew, definitely not from around here. He had walked a long way. I figure I would be safe from insults since a Jewish man wouldn't dare speak to a Samaritan woman. But he was different. Give me a drink. Give him a drink? Is he serious? Give me a drink, please. But sir, you are a a Jew. And a man, you can't accept water from me or anyone here. I need water, and you are the only one who can bring it up from the well. I'm not sure that I can... If you knew who it was who was saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked me, and I would have given you living water. You don't even have a bucket. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than Jacob, who gave us this well and who drank from it with his sons and who watered his flocks from it? Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of of water gushing up to eternal life. Oh, sir, give me this water. I'm so tired of being thirsty and and so soul-weary from having to keep coming here among these people to fill my bucket. I said that to him, but he just looked at me with eyes that seemed to look right through mine and into my soul. Go, call your husband and come back. My husband? I have no husband. I know. How did he know that? You have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. You are a prophet. And he knew so much more about me. 
Maybe it was because he knew everything about me, or maybe it was because he said it so matter-of-fact and without any hint of judgment on me. But I felt comfortable with him, known. Comfortable enough to risk asking a question of a Jewish man. Once we were one people, and our ancestors worshipped here on this mountain, but now we are separated. We still worship here, but your people now say that the only place that God may be worshipped is in Jerusalem. Woman, believe me, soon a time will come when you and I and all God's people will worship neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. The true worshipers will worship in the spirit and truth, for those are the ones whom God seeks. I know that the Messiah, the Christ, is coming, and when he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. He will show us and teach us the truth. I am he, the one who is speaking to you. The one who is speaking to you. Did you hear that? He was actually speaking to me, not as a child or as someone to be humored for a moment and then dismissed, but as an equal, as someone who mattered. <coughs> this was new. I wanted to talk more to this man who knew who I was, but who knew also that I was so much more than just a woman with the many husbands and a past. But then his disciples came, and I feared that I would be sent away or dismissed by them. They were clearly astonished that, what he, that he was speaking with a woman, but not a single one questioned me. What do you want? Or, nor did any of them ask their rabbi, why are you speaking with her? What new way was he teaching them that they were so comfortable around women? They must have women in their circle back home, learning with the men and treated as equals. Could he be the Messiah? I felt it. His compassion, his acceptance of me, the way his disciples acted, those are the signs of a man who could be the Messiah. I was so excited. I ran from the well, leaving my water jar behind, and I shouted to anyone who would listen, come and see a man who told me everything I've ever done. Is he the Messiah? I think he is. And he's come to us Samaritans. Some of the people actually followed me back to him. And as we arrived, his disciples were trying to get him to eat. I have food to eat that you do not know about. My food is to do the will of the one who sent me and complete his work. Do you not say, four months more, then comes the harvest? But I tell you, look around you and see the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering the fruit for eternal life, so that the sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows, another weeps. I sent you to reap that which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans believed in him at first just because of my testimony. When I said to them that he told me everything I have ever done. We asked him to stay with us, and he stayed with us for two days. And many more believed because of his word. And they told me that they came to believe not just because of what I told them, but because they heard Jesus' words and they knew, they knew that here is truly the Savior of the world. 
and I was his first evangelist. My name? My name is not important. Just think of me as you. Bunch of youth 
for a week uh, and have a good time, I thought, uh, perhaps like this woman just going to the well like she does every day, go to the well, do her thing, come home, nothing different, nothing changed. I was going to go there, have fun, hang out, come home, and just be still me. No different. But it was different. It's a very different experience. Jesus was there. Now the form Jesus, in a sense. Very different experience. And it was changed in the time that I was there. I heard a story a couple days ago, and I don't know if it's a true story or not, it doesn't really matter, but it was a story of a man who would ask a woman, if you could have uh, or uh, if you could have one book to read, or only allowed one book to read, whatever, for the rest of your life, what would you choose? And she said, I would choose the Bible. And the man is thinking, there's so many books. So many books out there that you could read. Why would you choose the Bible? And the woman said, there are many books that I could read. But the Bible is the only book that reads me. That's part of the power of Scripture. So we can find ourselves in it. Scripture as a way of working on our hearts, of reading us as well. If we let it out of that box of trying to figure out the one meaning that it has, but find us in the stories. Where am I in the story? Who am I? In the story, what is my relationship to God? What is God's relationship to me? Where can I find meaning in this story? And there's meaning to be had in the story of the woman at the well. There's certainly her story, which we ought not diminish in any way. But we can also enter into that story. And her situation is very different than ours. I don't know of any of us that have to walk into town or walk somewhere to a well to draw water. We all have water that comes into our homes. We don't live in a desert. Many of us this winter have lived for, are living in places even where we've been asked to run our water constantly to save our pipes because it's been too cold. I don't think this people and the story would understand that situation at all. What it means to be that cold, or what it means to just run water constantly when water is so precious. So we're in a different kind of time than her. But we probably all have stories of encountering Jesus. Encountering the divine in one way or another. All have a story to tell of an experience of being seen, of being known, of being loved, being accepted. Jesus sees this woman and he says, you have had many husbands, but you are more than that. You are not just the woman who has had many husbands. I know that about you, but I know much more about you. I see you, I know you, I love you. You aren't just 
the person with an addiction. You aren't just the guy who spent time in prison. You aren't just the homeless person. You aren't just uh, uh, the rich person or just the poor person or just the unemployed person. You are more than that. I see you. I know you. I love you. As I was working on this sermon, I was uh, playing around with my speech-to-text uh, program. So I say the words, and to get punctuation, you have to actually say the punctuation. So I found myself saying repeatedly, I see you, period. I know you, period. I love you, period. I love the sound of that phrase. Those periods at the end of those statements, unconditional statements, that period says this, this is it, this is the end. I see you, period. I know you, period. I love you, period. Unconditional. And my experience at the National Youth Event that summer was this, this unconditional acceptance from the, the adults I was with, from the other youth that I was with. They saw, they knew, they loved. I didn't have to pretend to be someone else like we so often have to do in school or in their workplaces. Even sometimes have to pretend to be someone else in church. Just open, accepting environment. You like math, science, reading science fiction? You like to read? That's all kind of weird. You like Star Wars? That had just come out a couple years before. That's great. You're a little socially awkward? That's all right. Be part of our group anyway. We accept you. We'll bring you in. You'll be part of that group. Here, here you are seen. Period. Here you are known. Period. Here you are loved. Period. It changed my life. It really did. It's a profound experience of what the church should be like and of what Jesus' grace is really like. It changed my life. Just as I imagine it changed the life of the woman around the well. We don't know what she went on to do or what the rest of her life was like, but I would hope that in that moment of being unconditionally accepted as she was, lifted her spirits for the rest of her life. And that's what the church ought to be. That was we invite people in as people come in to the church. That's what they ought to experience. Here you will find grace. Here you will be fed. Here you will never be thirsty. You will always have access to the living water. You will be given living water like the woman that came to the well. This woman whose name we don't know. Who was an outsider? A Samaritan? A woman? I see you. Period. I know you. Period. I love you. Period. Thanks be to God.
for this day and for all days. Thank you again for listening to the Sermons and Sounds of Plymouth podcast. If you are in the Eau Claire area, we especially invite you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. 
And I invite you also to check out our website at pcucc.com for upcoming events and special worship services. From Plymouth United Church of Christ, Eau Claire, Wisconsin, this is Pastor David. Thank you for spending this time with us. May God bless you.